Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. I've been done with for a long time. I, I, I'm not interested in nice meetings where I feel good. The Lord spoke to me yesterday and said, as a preacher, my, my responsibility is not to entertain people or to make people feel good, but it is to facilitate an encounter with God. Anything less is not hitting the mark. We've got to get away from this focus of trying to feel good. No, you know the truth. The truth will set you free. I just feel so much stirring. If I go quiet, I'm just listening to God. You're important, but he's more important. I, I want to model to you the, the, this whole thing of walking with God, listening to God. And I encourage you to come back. Is it 2.30, Pastor Don? 2.30 this afternoon. We're actually going to, uh, God's given us a commission to empower you to hear from God. So we're going to talk about hearing from God. And actually, I know that I know if you come to that, you leave, you'll hear from God this week clearer than you've heard from God before. So that's up to you. But now I want to bring something, and I might even be rather disciplined and follow through on my notes, but that itself would be a minor miracle. Um, but let me start before I get into this. In the worship, the Lord was speaking to me, and I, and I, I felt him were singing about the miracles this is a house of miracles. And when you talk to Hannah about turn to the person next to you and say, say, this is a house of miracles, I turned to Pastor Don and I tapped him in his chest and I said, this is a house of miracles. God wants to shift us to this is a house of miracles to this is a house of miracles. If you're born again, that's a miracle. Come on. If you're breathing, that's a miracle. Come on, you're created, you didn't evolve, you weren't an accident, you're created by Almighty God. And, and I feel the Lord said to me in the worship that we believe that God still works miracles. Does anyone believe that? Here's the shift that God wants to bring to many of us today, that God still does miracles to God still wants to do miracles through me. And then he said this, if you don't believe that God can use you for his glory, that's what he said to me in worship. If you don't believe that God can use you, even now, even today, then it actually says more about your view of God than of yourself. It says more about your view of God than it does your view of yourself. And I want to come and I want to download a word that God has given me, never shared it before. It's a statement that God gave me and I want to step through this biblically and then we're going to land in a place of prayer and a place of public response to a private decision. Is that cool? You ready to see the word? This is not preaching. I just want to prophetically declare it. Are you receiving it this way? Praise the name of Jesus. So as I said, I just want to prophetically release into you. I want to talk today, uh, God gave me the statement, your environment, your mission, 
and your yes. Your environment, your mission, and your yes. As I was leaning in and just praying, and the Holy Spirit was just starting to speak to me, He started to draw me to your environments. And when I mention environments, I mean the place the places where you live, where you work, where you shop, where you play, where you socialize. Are you with me, church? All the places where you go, that's the environments that the Spirit of God is talking to me about. And he said, these are the places where your pastors and your leaders may never be, but you are there. And then he gave me this question, what is God's desire and God's plan in that place? What is God's desire and God's plan in the places where the feet, your feet tread, the places where you go, the places where you work, your family environments, when you go to the shops, does God have a plan and God have a purpose in those places? Or does he just switch off? Is God only a Sunday God or is God a 24-7 God? Is God, man, he's, the Bible says that his eyes roam throughout the earth looking for people through whom he can show himself strong. My life is not about my success or your success. It's about the glory of God and too many of us there's gonna there's gonna be a shift over your life today Whew. I got hosed myself down Don but uh, let's go to the word of God I want to read a passage of scripture and then I want to talk into these three areas Isaiah chapter 6 as we turn there I just want to honor my wonderful wife Sally it's a, such a blessing and a joy for us to be here with you together. Uh, I, I love her dearly. She's someone who has really shown me what God is like. This is the idea of a wife, someone who helps you to connect with God. She's, she's reflected his nature, reflected his character, helped refine mine, and together we're honoring God. So I honor you. You are awesome. You are glorious. I love you. Isaiah chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 1 to verse 9, you might have heard this, but I want you to go here and then we're going to unpack what the Lord says in the next three or four days that we've got together before you leave. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 9, and the hungry people said, Amen. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I want to just tell you right now, that's our greatest need. I saw the Lord. But how we see the Lord determines how we live our life. Come on, come on. How we see the Lord determines how we live our life. A.W. Tozer said, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Because we all live from a view of God. Come on. Every religion lives from their view of God. An atheist lives from their view of God. There is none, therefore it doesn't matter. But even within the body of Christ, we live from our view of God. Those that have had a revelation of Him as Father live a certain way. Those who do not see Him that way but see Him as a harsh judge live according to their view. It is imperative in the body of Christ that our view of God is accurate. It's not just, I, I know who God is. No, we need to truly see Him as He is. And in this passage, it says, And the king that 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And then he unpacks how he saw him. This is how we're to see him. High and exalted, praise God, over Melbourne, over Australia. In 2021, I see the Lord high and exalted. I want to declare by the power of the Spirit of God, no virus is ruling this world. Jesus Christ is King of kings and he is Lord of lords. But we got to raise our vision. Stop looking at the natural. Stop looking at the media, the social media, the news to form your convictions and your feelings. Let's lift our eyes to the Lord, to the heavens, to the hills from where our help comes from. I saw the Lord. He is high and exalted. He still is. He still is. He still is. Seated on a throne, not a beanbag. He ain't reclining. He's on a throne and everything has been placed under his feet. And the train of his robe fills the temple. And above him were seraphim, with each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying. And they were all calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. There might be elements of that. You go, I don't understand. And I love that. I love the fact that there's lots about God that I do not understand. Because if I could fully understand God and fully understand everything I read in the Bible, then God is no bigger than me. But God is immeasurably bigger than me. And He welcomes me. He beckons me. You want to come up from the natural way of thinking to the spiritual way of thinking. Would you like me to open your eyes? I'm 48. I've walked with God my whole life. And I tell you right now. I'm more hungry for Him now than ever before. I'm seeing Him in greater clarity. The more that I know about God, the more I realize I have yet to learn because He is immeasurable and that is good news. And let's go back to your question. Some of us have stumbled at a point of question. The question should be a fuel to say, thank you God that there's things I don't know and you're bigger than that. Turn your stumbling block into an invitation to go in deeper and deeper and deeper. Isaiah said this vision of God. So what's his response? Verse 5. Woe to me. (laughs) Uh, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I just feel so much going on inside of me right now. I can tell you right now, this an impartation is about to come spirit to spirit if you receive this. God is going to shift your whole perspective. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. He had a revelation of who he was based on seeing the Lord. Too many of us are fixated on our sin and our problems, but without seeing the Lord. Hmm. Stay with me. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. 
speaking about the forgiveness of God. With it, he touched my mouth. Why? Because I'm a man of unclean lips. And he said, see, this has touched your lips and your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord. When? The very next moment. Saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And I, the man who had just said, I have unclean lips and I am unworthy. That man who got touched by the call, the forgiveness of God, said, here am I, send me. And God said, you can go. I want to talk about your environment, your mission, and your yes. Your environment is simply that God has placed you where you are. I want to speak this into your spirit. Your environment where you live, where you work, where you play, where you socialize, with your family. God, if you're a believer, any believers in the house, any believers that are unashamed of Jesus Christ, come on. We've got to move past this whole thing of flying under the radar when Jesus Christ died on a cross. The Lord spoke to me uh, a week or two ago and he said, what would happen if Jesus died for us like we lived for him? That stopped me in my tracks. What would happen if Jesus died for me like I lived for him? Now, I can never live for him to the degree, but man, there's an invitation. Come on, come on. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of this gospel of Jesus Christ. He's in prison, and he never prayed for release from prison. He prayed, pray, church, that I can be bold to do what God has called me to do in the prison. We are far too often praying to get out of our situation rather than God use me in the situation. Too many times we're aborting the will of God because we're trying to change locations. And I feel the Lord wants us to have a revelation today that our environment is where God has placed us. I'm not here this morning. We're not here this morning because we have nothing else to do today. I know that I know that I know that I'm here under a divine command of God. You might say, but I don't live like that. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, listen to the words, then you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Therefore, if we're following, He is leading. In all your ways, acknowledge him, Proverbs 3, 6, and he will direct your path. That means if he's directing, then where I'm going is where he's sending. But it's just a job. Go, oh, I'm going to get there in a minute. Lord, help me. Psalm 37, verse 23, 24, and the New King James says this, the steps of a good person, a good man, a good woman are ordered, directed by the Lord. Come on, let's just sit in the Word. Let the Word become alive. Let's shift from natural to spiritual thinking here today. My steps are ordered by God because I'm submitted to His Lordship. And He, God, delights in His way. I want you to get this. The steps of a good person are ordered by God, and God delights in that 
person's way even though they fall. That's a theology shift right there for some of you. God, he's not happy with me because I stuffed up. Hang on, the steps of a good person are ordered by God, and God delights in your way even though you fall. God delights in your way even though you fall. God delights in your way even though you fall. God has not defined you or classified you by your worst moment, so you stop doing it to yourself. Even though we fall, God says, I will not let you be utterly cast down because I'm going to uphold you with my hand, which says he is near me. He is with me. He's not far off in disgust at what I've done. Joshua 1.3, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. This was said to the children of Israel through Joshua and through Moses. The children of Israel, they're, they're the people I read in the Bible that turned their back on God and did things different to what he said more than anyone else I know in the Bible. And yet God kept on declaring his faithfulness to them and calling them back and calling them back. He never left them. And he said, if you set your foot somewhere, I'm giving it to you. And God wants to release this over our lives today. Your environment is where God has placed you. Can I hear an amen? Your mission. I'm going through this because I want to get to you, your yes, because that's where God wants us to land. Your mission. Your environment is where God has placed you. Your mission is God has placed you where you are, and it is for a purpose. It is for a purpose. The word mission means to send. Mission means to send. That literally is what it is. And listen to the voice uh, of the scripture, Isaiah 6 verse 8 that we read. Then I heard the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Come on, what's that? Mission. And who will go? Come on, come on. Who will go for us? What is the great commission? Mission to send. Who will go for us? Come on, church. Come on, church. Let's wake up. Let's wake up. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Who will go for us? God has not changed his question throughout the ages. Whom can I send and who will go for us? Too many of us are going to work. We're not going for God. Who will go for us? And I said, here am I. Send me. Who can we send? Send me. That's mission. Our mission, if you go, what is our mission? You ask 10 people, you get 10 different definitions of your mission. Can I give you mine? Which is what the Lord gave to me. And I'm just going to bring it simply. Here's your mission. Here's my mission. This is God's, when he says, who can I send today in this room? He's saying to every person, I want to send you. I want to send you, I want to send you to do what, God? Here it is, to point people towards God, full stop. To point people towards God, full stop. You don't have to save them, Jesus saves. You don't have to heal them, Jesus heals. You don't have to set them free, Jesus sets them free. But listen, in your conversation, in your reaction to problems, come on, in, the, in re, your, your response to the fear that is gripping this world, you are actually pointing people to God. The Bible says always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in you. You can't give an answer unless someone's asking a question. Our lives should 
should beg people to say, how can you not be stressed out right now? How can you not be tormented right now? You've just lost your job. How can you not be derailed right now? Well, let me tell you that my steps are ordered by God, not by an employer. Oh, how can you have that diagnosis from the doctor and still have this sense of peace in your life? Because my God is a God that heals. My God is the God who saves people and sets people free. You give an answer for the questions. You don't Bible bash, but man, if people are asking, let's give an answer. Your answer, your, your, your mission is simply point people towards God. That's it. That's it. Lift up their eyes to see the Lord under mission. Mission works with two other things. Submission. <laughs> Sub. A submarine is under the water. Sub means to come under. What is mission? God sending. Submission is not just, I'll do what God said. Submission is coming under God sending. <sighs> Submission is, I'm, living, I'm going to work today, but I'm coming under God sending. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be one of the ones that just drags in late and, and gives my second best and my leftovers. No, God is sending me, so I'm going to come under God's sending. I'm going as a sent one. You might say that's fine for you, Steve. This is the lie of the enemy that has made sending a mission for a select few like me. It is for every believer. Jesus said to everyone, "Go into all the world and make disciples." This was said to his disciples. We are called to go into the environment with the belief that God has actually sent us there. And the other thing that goes hand in hand with mission, submission, coming under God, sending. And here's the next bit, which is a glorious bit right now. Actually, it's all glorious. Is commission. Co means to partner with. Come on. But what is it? Commission. We think commission, man, I've just got to go and do this. No, we've missed it. We've missed it. We've missed it. It is to partner with God sending. Why have we made it about what we have to do rather than what God is doing and I get to partner with it? Why have we taken upon ourselves such a weight of responsibility that God says, I never put that on you. So how about you stop putting it on yourself? You can't save, you can't heal, you can't deliver, you can't set free, but I can, but I do it through people that actually live sent. The Lord said it's not up to me, but it is up to me to follow God's lead. When I'm at my work, the change that God wants to bring is not up to me. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm preaching in church today. And the, I can tell you right now, it's not up to me this morning what happens. It's up to the Holy Spirit. My part is to partner with Him by being submitted to Him. Come on. To come under His leading and under His sending. And I did that by coming. And I am listening to Him. And I'm partnering with Him. But can I declare that your receiving, your receiving is up to you. Oh, God says, I can't do your receiving for you. I can partner with you. I can co-labor with you. But it's up to us to actually say yes to the Lord. And we're going to get there in a moment. But I felt the Lord say submission empowers commission. 
coming under God's sending. That's what I'm going into this environment as one sense actually empowers me to actually partner with God and what He is doing. So let's talk about your yes, because this is where I feel God is going to do something deep. Anyone glad that you came to church this morning? I am. I'm preaching myself happy. Your environment. God has placed you where you are. Can I hear someone shout amen? Your mission is he's placed you where you are and it is for a purpose. He has sent you. Can I hear an amen? Now I want to talk about your yes. God has placed you where you are. And it is for a purpose, but you must say yes to God's plan. God spoke three or four statements. I'm going to say them, unpack it from the scripture, and we're going to pray. Here's the first thing he said. This next 10 or 15 minutes could change your life if you lean in and listen. Some of you have gone past your use-by date for disqualifying yourself. I'll say it again. Some of you have gone past your use-by date of disqualifying yourself. Isaiah 6, a key scripture back there in verse 5 to 7 again, Woe to me, Isaiah cried, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, and with it he touched my mouth. Spirit of God, please move. And he said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. And your sin is atoned for. Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips. It doesn't mean that he had a bit of leftover food on his mouth and he hadn't wiped his mouth after breakfast. The word unclean in the Hebrew means defiled, infamous, polluted. You need to understand one of the tools of the enemy. People in this room right now, lean in with your spirit, every person. One of the lies of the enemy is that what you have done is worse than what other people have done. It is not. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10.13 that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to all mankind. A lie of the enemy is you're worse than someone else. No, you're not. It might be different, but it's not worse. And again, if we say that and we believe that, and we stop stepping into God's plan because of it, we are elevating what we have done above what God has done. I say, if you say, I'm honoring God, but I'm not stepping ahead because of what I've done, you're listening to the lie of the enemy, not the voice of God. I have to be direct today. Because the enemy has won a battle in many of our lives, and he's clothed it in this lie that you're honoring God by not stepping ahead because of what you've done. I need you to hear the word of the Lord. The Bible is full of people who disqualified themselves 
in the eyes of God. You know how many people try to talk their way out of God's mission? The Bible is full of it. I'm too young. I'm, I'm, I'm the least of the least. I, I, I killed someone the other day. I, I was there consenting. I, I, I was the one that got in the way of God's plan. The, the people tried to disqualify themselves, and we still do today. And I felt the Lord say the difference between those who fulfill God's mission and those who do not has got nothing to do with the moments or even the lifestyles of sin. It's got everything to do with those who choose to listen to God's voice above their own. And as a result, they allow themselves to move past their past. Why did Paul, this is not in my notes, but why did Paul in Philippians 3, the man who was Saul, who actually was the first terrorist that we see, he was the one who stood there consenting to Stephen being stoned to death. He was the one that got letters from the religious leaders to go and arrest all those who followed the way and put them in prison and beat them and actually kill them. He was the one that when he did that, it says that there was a great terror that broke out amongst the churches and they were scattered. They were exiled. They were refugees. You need to understand it is the very definition of a terrorist. That was Saul. He had an encounter with God and he comes and he says in Philippians 3, and you can read this in 12, 13, and 14, he says there's one thing, not many things, there's one thing I must do. I must forget what is behind and I must reach forward to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. The Bible says you got to forget that one thing, but it's been many things. He, he did this to many people. The lie of the enemy says you can't move forward because of what you've done. It is never God that says that over your life. Never. God says you've gone past your use by date for disqualifying yourself. Come on. God wants to put a new label on you. Come on. Eternal, valued, saved, healed, free, clean, sent in Jesus' name. Listen to what the, it says. His mouth was touched and says, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. And your sin atoned for your guilt. Literally in the Hebrew means perversity, evil, and punishment. It's the sin and the punishment. The word, and your sin has been atoned for. Sin means offense and its penalty. I need you to hear the word of the Lord. What God did in that moment to Isaiah when he accurately says, yes, I did this. I have infamous, polluted, defiled lips, and he cried out to God. God touched him and said, your perversity, your evil, and your offense, and the punishment and his penalty has been atoned for, which means to cover, to disannul, to forgive, and to pardon. When someone is pardoned, it means they never did it. And the Apostle Paul, again, who had murdered Christians in the book of Acts, did not say, I have been forgiven, but he said, I am innocent of the blood of all men. Innocent means I never did it. And in the eyes of God, any forgiven sin is not a forgiven sin. It is simply forgotten. The greatest challenge in your life has not been forgiven by God. It's actually you forgetting. And forgetting doesn't mean you will never 
have it come back into your mind. I'm living testament of that. I've done many things that sometimes come back to harass me at times, and I'm sure everyone in this room has. But even in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, where it talks about your sins and your lawless acts, I remember no more. The Bible says that that's God. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Oh, Holy Ghost. God says, I remember your sins no more. I remember them no more. Hang on. God's omniscient. He knows everything. How can he remember it no more? I looked in the Greek when I saw that and had that question. It means this, that God chooses not to bring it back to his memory for the purpose of punishment. God chooses not to bring your sins that have been forgiven back to his memory for the purpose of punishment. One day every believer will be standing before the great I am in the eternal realm not to be judged but to receive a reward in Jesus' name. I want to declare that what God has done is greater than what you have done. I want to declare that what God has done. Some of you are wrestling in your heart so much now, and it keeps on looping you back. I, I can see it in the spirit. So, yeah, but I did this. Yeah, but I did it this many times. Yeah, but I kept on going back. Listen to your language. Yeah, but I. Yeah, but I. Yeah, but I. Yeah, but I. You will never be free until you lift up. Yeah, but God. Yeah, but God sent his son, and Jesus came, and he lived a life, and he went through every temptation, and he said no. And no, that same power that lived let Jesus Christ lives in me and he will lead me into all truth. Come on. The Bible says, and it's not in the scripture, but in the notes, but 2 John 1 verse 1 and 2 says this, I write this to you, dear children, so that you will not sin. That's God's desire. Come on. Because sin equals slavery. It, it takes us away. But God says, I write this so that you do not sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate, a defense lawyer. Come on. Come on. Who stands and pleads our case before the Father and says, you can't punish them because you punish me. Double jeopardy. They are in me. They're not in sin. If you sin as a believer, you're not in sin. You have a moment of sin. You're still in Christ Jesus. God being in you is greater than you having a moment of sin. Stop defining yourself by a moment of wrong decision. You might say this is easy for you to see. My wife testifies it's not, and it's not for anyone else, and that's the lie. It's harder on you than anyone else. That's another lie. No. I feel the Lord saying right now that the greatest decision we need to make, which is the greatest shift, and I feel them right now in my spirit. You're focused so long on trying to say no to sin. God says, how about you say yes to me? Every time we say yes to something, we say no to something. And the greatest yes or no is not no to sin. It's yes to God. Because he's the one that gives us the power. But if you do sin, if you do sin, sons and daughters of God, if you do sin, we have an advocate, a defense lawyer with the Father. He is, his name is Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And he is not only the atoning sacrifice for our sins, but of the whole world. Hallelujah. Almost done here. God says, don't miss your mission because of your perspective.
irrespective of your environment. It's not just a job. It's not just your family. It's not just the shops. It's not just your sports. It's the place where God has sent you. For what? The mission of pointing people towards God. Next statement, don't position yourself out of the miracle. Don't position yourself. Emphasis on yourself. Don't position. This is a key right here. Spirit of God saying this is key. Don't position yourself out of the miracle. Don't believe yet. That's great, Steve. I'm going to say something that could be controversial, but I'm going to say it because I've got the microphone. And I feel the Spirit's in me. We run a risk having an emphasis, having an emphasis of invite people to church so that they can encounter God. When God said, no, you go so they can encounter God through you. And when they encounter God through you, then feel free to bring them along to church. I understand, but I don't have any more Holy Spirit than you do. And we've got to shift this focus. There is not different elements, different, different measures. The Bible says in John 3, I think it's 34, it says that God gives a spirit without limit, without measure. There's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no partial Holy Spirit. The Bible says, do you not know that you are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Does anyone know their Bible? God says you are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, not a part of the Holy Spirit. You didn't get his little toe. You didn't get his right dimple. You got the Holy Spirit and you got him in his fullness. And it's the same Spirit that's on me. He's in you. So don't position yourself out of the miracle. This is a house of 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 miracle. Three why not questions that God posed to me. Why not me? You need to get up in the morning before you go anywhere and say, why not me? Second one is why not here? Third one is why not now? You go anywhere... God, if you're getting one thing from me today, lift your vision from yourself to God. God is always working. He's never sleeping. He's never slumbering. He's always working. Amen? He is always coming to seek and save the lost. He's always coming to reveal himself. And his eyes are roaming. Who can I actually work through right now? Who will live sent? Who will live sent in a mission? Who will go into coals with a sense that, man, there's maybe someone here today that God Almighty wants me to use to actually just point them to God. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be religious. It doesn't have to be ooky spooky. We just need to be available. But our starting point is why not me? Why not me? Why not me? Why not here? Why not now? Here's the final thing. What God can do, everyone say, God can do. What God can do is greater than what didn't happen last time. 
what God can do. Hallelujah. Spirit of God, come. What God can do is greater than what didn't happen last time. Don't build your theology on what didn't happen. Don't build your theology, your belief about God on what didn't happen. We see in part, we know in part, we look through a glass dimly. His ways are so much higher. I live with many I don't know statements, but I won't get derailed by a situation I can't explain. I won't get derailed and step back when I lay hands on the sick and they do not recover, but the Bible says they will. I can't explain to you why not, but I will not create my theology on what does not happen. And it's time for that in your life too. You pray for some people, it didn't happen. God says, get up, lift your eyes off yourself and may I say by the Spirit of God from your own pity party and let's get back on on mission with Almighty God. Last scripture, Ephesians 3. Before I say that, don't build your theology on what didn't happen, but build your theology on who God is and what God's Word says. Hallelujah. I wonder if, thank you. All you got to do is say, I wonder if and that's the sort of level of obedience that the Holy Spirit wants with us. I wonder if. That was not intentional. That was just Holy Spirit right now in this moment. I wonder if. Come on. Holy Spirit, just, can you see how he uses natural things? That was just, in the moment, I, I wonder if, boom. And it's just instantly the Holy Spirit speak to me. Man, I'm listening all the time. That's how I want my people to respond. See, what we want is we want God to map it all out, tell us exactly what's going to happen, all the words you're going to say, what's going to be happening, the fact that the angels are going to, oh, and come from heaven. There's going to be revival, and you get that, you read the fine print, and then maybe, just maybe, we might say yes. And God says, no, I want to have a generation of people that say yes when God says, I wonder if. I, I wonder if there's anyone that will let me use them today, here, now. In the streets, on the beach, in the shopping center, at a home, in a work. Is there anyone, is there anyone that will not talk themselves out of what God has commissioned us in? You know the scripture, but you might not know the scripture. You might know the words, but you might not know what it says. One of the most Commonly read scriptures, right? Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now to Him. Can we live our lives that way? Now to Him. Now to Him who is able. Come on, can we let this word penetrate deep in our hearts? Now to Him, now to Him who is able to do immeasurably, which means you cannot put a quantifiable measurement on it. Not a little bit and not a lot. Immeasurably, now to Him. Come on, lift your eyes, church. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. But God says, please ask. 
Psalm 2a, ask me, I'll give you the nations as your inheritance, the ends of the earth. Ask me, I can do more, immeasurably more than that. You, but we've, we've shifted it, we've stopped asking. No, God says, I can do more than you ask, please ask. God, I'm going to work today. Would you give me a word of encouragement? God, would you give me a word of wisdom? Lord, let me see beyond the natural into the spiritual. Let me see what's going on beyond their coarse language and their rude jokes. Lord, let me see what's happening in their hearts, where their hurt is, where their pain is. And let me be the salt, the light, the healing, the balm of Jesus Christ. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. How does he do it? According to his power. Power literally means force, miraculous power, a miracle itself in the Greek. You need to hear it. According to the miraculous power, this is not a natural strength, for it is not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. It is a miracle itself. This is a house of miracles. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine according to His miraculous power. The miracle itself that is at work within us. This is where it comes down to, do we believe God can do something? Yep. Do we believe God can do something in us and through us? And many people say, I'm not sure. The Bible says He can do immeasurably more by His miraculous, miracle-working power that is at work within us. The word work in the Greek means active and efficient. That is active. I can tell you right now, Pastor Don, the Holy Spirit is active in me right now. But he's also efficient. Efficient means you get the job done. Oh, not what I want, but what he wants. Not my will, but his will be done. You have no idea how many lives one seed from you can affect and change. It's time to believe again. His miraculous power, the miracle itself that is active and efficient within us. Listen to verse 21. It says, To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. And there's the word of the Lord. The Father has already got glory in Christ Jesus. Now it's time for Him to get glory in the church. Glory means honor and praise and worship, adulation, reverence, awe. God says, I want to get that. But listen to the language in the church and in Christ. I've got it in Christ. He even said in John 17, 3, I brought you glory. John 17, 4, I brought you glory, Father, by finishing the work you gave me to do. You bring the Father glory by finishing the work, the mission, and the environment that He's sending you. That's how you bring Him glory. When you say, yes, Lord, here am I, send me. To Him be glory in the church. That's not in this building. The word church means a calling out. I want to finish with this. A calling out. 
The church is not, I've added God to my otherwise okay life. I've been called out of death and now into life. I've been called out of darkness into light. I've been called out of slavery into freedom. I've been called out of hopelessness into a sense of purpose. Oh, God says, do you not know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and to give you a future. We are called out, the church, and therefore we are sent out. Mission. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Every eye closed. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, We would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.